Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of FHW Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Angry Jim, with my co-host, Flyers Yak. What's going on, Jack? Flyers Yak. Uh, should be Carter Yak. It's the error of the Carter. And uh, more importantly, it's the error of Scott Gordon. It's the error of not Hackstall. And just to that, real quick, Jim, if I could, this is to Dave. Everybody wanted to be upset with about Dave because, you know, we called for his head for so long and now he's lost his job. And, you know, I looked at his stat, Jim. He was making a half a million dollars less a season than a coach that won three Stanley Cups. So he can go cry to his money. No, right? yeah, he's not. He's good. Act. Here's you lasting a season and a half longer than you should have. Uh, I'm sure you're a nice guy, but I'm glad you're gone. Peace. Uh, it tasted good, man. Maybe I looked at it, but it didn't. What are you washing that down with? Water. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when, if Axel was still the coach, it would have been straight Everclear. <laughs> that takes me back so. to eighth grade. Oh, you're sick. Never <laughs> you put it on your wounds. We didn't know what the hell uh, we were doing. So, anyway, lots happened since we last spoke. I remember the main thing we talked about last week was um, how many games, like Hex, Hackstall's next 10 games. And then, well, you know what we should start with? Yes, Hackstall was fired. But how about how the information came out? Jimmy, tell me what how your – was that a Sunday? Tell me how your Sunday went when all that information came out about how Hacksaw was fired. Quenville was hired as the coach. Then it all came crumbling down. What was your Sunday like? I've never seen anything like that in my life, in my entire <laughs> life. And then it happens to the only team that I actually love. Like, okay, we got rid of the coach that everybody hates. I've, I don't think I've ever hated a coach more than I've hated Dave Hackstall. And then there, a report comes out right after that. We hire the coach that, you know, everybody wants. The best coach out there. Arguably, the, the you know, he's the best. He, he's literally the best coach that we could get right now. Um, and then it's not true at all. So <laughs> at first, I remember seeing, uh, what's that, Hockey Buzz came out with the report. And I'm kind of like, eh, it's probably bullshit. Then I see... <laughs> David, I, uh, Dave Isaac come out with the same report on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy. You... Dave Isaac is legit. That's the one that got me like, whoa. Yeah. Dave Isaac and Steph um, Driver from Broad Street Hockey. Yeah. And they're both credible. More so Dave Isaac for longevity purposes that I know. Uh, but yeah, d- those two maybe go like – and it was like both reports. It wasn't that he was just fired. It's that Quenville was your replacement. Like he was set in stone. I had people who are casual Flyers fans texting me, mm-hmm. sending me pictures. You know, like I'm like, oh my god. So I, then I started telling people, you know, and this is after he got shellacked. Uh, we said he's got to win like the next out of the next ten games. He's got to. Um, Oh, you should see this on TV right now. Scott Hartnell's got his kid while Drew's being interviewed, and he's using his son's hand to to be one of the microphones. <laughs> Came up behind him. Anyway, so yeah, so he. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's all unraveling, and it's it was just like you knew he had to be fired. We're saying he needs to win like six or seven of the next ten. He loses three in a row off to an 0-3 start, and none of the games are really close. Like Vancouver is like a bubble playoff team. They're overachieving, and they're only a bubble playoff team. They lost like what four to one, five to one. Yep. You know, they lost. Uh, who else they lose to? They lost somebody the night before that. Um, and you're just like, this guy sucks. They, they look dead. They completely quit on him. They completely quit on him. And even good coaches, when the team quits, you, you, you cut them loose. But for whatever reason, the Flyers, you know, they hung on the hacksaw for. Um, oh, uh, Edmonton, four to one, Edmonton. Like, get out of here. Like, come on. You know, after, and then there was the Calgary sh- shellac or, um, debacle where they blew it. Um, so yeah, so you hear that, and then it all unravels, and now the Flyers look like a, a horrible organization. Like everything's in disarray because it already wasn't, you know, with the firing of Hextall, with nothing at goaltending, goaltender, and it's just like 
Then you waived Picard. Now you have nobody. Then they're calling up Carter Hart and all this fiasco as well. To get back to Hackstall, it was like apparently what they were going to fire him, and it got out. You know, this is probably why Heck tight lived. You know, um, did you feel bad for Hackstall in any way? The Say way that again? the way that things came out, did you feel bad for Hackstall at all? Yeah, I did because. He had to have seen the writing on the wall for weeks, and he's definitely got the most rope any NHL coach has ever gotten unless you're a very small market team. And even still, that's not how things should have happened. And it's unfortunate, but shit gets out. They should have already done it, with the, which is the problem. Um, so, yeah, so he comes back, and I think because of how it happened, he – on Monday morning at practice, he went to the uh, GM and said, I want a vote of confidence that I'm your coach. <laughs> to Fletcher's credit, who looks terrible right now, uh, he said, uh, yeah, we can't do that. And out, he got fired, and they brought up Scott Gordon. Yeah, it's no cue, but it's not Hackstall. So the only thing good that has come out of this, and if you want to say anything on anything, go right ahead, and we can lead into this as well, is um, – we brought up Carter Hart and very and very un, un idealistic time, you know. And no time is a true good time to bring any goalie into midseason. Like there's no like perfect time, but this was really bad. It screamed of desperation, and it's typical. Uh, old Flyers brass rushing a prospect, which can ruin them. We've seen goaltending prospects drafted very high be ruined. Just ask Nick, Rick DiPietro. A lot of people say it was injuries. I'm like, I don't know. He was pretty damn young to have lost it from injuries. And that was the first overall pick of the draft. So I'm still, even after two big wins, I'm still scared because this is our guy. And if he doesn't work out. <laughs> So, I mean, after the first game, I think we it was Detroit and, you know, the Flyers looked a little different. Um, they played with a little bit more grit. You know, they were they were winning a lot of the, the puck battles, things like that. Um, only facing 22 shots and, um, you know, stopped 20. He, he looked good. He didn't look out of place, Carter Hart. Um, tonight, I actually missed the first couple periods. It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. I doubt you're watching this, but whatever. Um, Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, in the third period, from what I saw, I mean, the, the Preds had some pressure in the flyer zone, but I didn't see too many like good scoring opportunities. Um, you know, they had a bunch of power plays. Um, the flurry towards the end with the six on four, six on five. Uh, he looked composed from... I was watching him the whole time um, instead of following the puck around. He he looked calm, composed. Um, yeah, the Predators hit the post at the end, but it, if it doesn't go in, it doesn't count. Um, I'm impressed so far. Through two games, I'm impressed with Carter Hart. And you, you know what? Like I'm getting a little bit like... Um, we've never had a goalie like this ever in our life. Like... You know how like when when the Rangers used to come to town with Henrik Lundqvist and we're like, oh my god, like we're not. Brodeur with the Devils. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like Brodeur, like we. There's a good chance that we're not gonna win this game, or if if the Devils score two goals, like we have to score three, and it's probably not gonna happen. Um, we could have that guy finally. Like I was sitting there watching this game, and I'm getting excited for the future, like with the Flyers. Like we have never had a goalie like that in our life. In our lifetime, and we're 31 years old. Like this is, fu- it's crazy, dude. But we might we're have that guy. Years old, and the last time they had a goalie like that was like, I mean, you could say Pelly Lindbergh, but who really knows? The guy died two, three seasons into his career, and before that, it was Bernie Perron. You know, like now we're talking 70s. I was dude. born in 87, for God's sake. And you watched, like, growing up. My favorite, like, people would ask me, if you could have one player in the league right now on the Flyers, who would it be? And a lot of people would say, like, you know, depending on when you asked them, you know, Yager or Lemieux or even Gretzky, but, you know, some of the – or uh, Sackick or Forsberg or whatever at their prime. Mine was always Dominic Asha because in my eyes, he was the most dominant goalie I've ever watched. He was you know? fun to watch too. 
he was a blast to watch, and he really didn't have a defense in front of him. Like, yeah, Prodor was great, but he had some hell of a defensive core around him. You know, and the reason that was is because we never had anything. The closest thing we had, I, I mean, even Hextall was really only. After that, what, what, Brian Boucher had a good couple of early seasons. That was it. Roman Czechmonic, Robert Ash, mm-hmm. Jeff Hackett. Like, yeah. come on. Don't start. Like, like we'll be here all night. It. it just, you know, and then you get Bob, and because of Schneider, um, you know, he's not developing fast enough. You have to Schneider's Goloff, who was a system goalie. And then Bob's out of here because he knows he's not going to start. It's like, geez, we can't catch a break. So they're doing it right with this guy outside of probably starting him a little too soon, but so far so good. Fingers crossed there. Um, but yeah, no, I get what you, I get what you're saying. I get the sentiment. Like, thank God. Like, I just hope it holds up. But that's what I'm super nervous about. And after the debacle with the coach and firing him, and then kind of bringing up Scott Gordon, and now they're bringing up Carter Hart because they don't have any goalies when they should not have waived Picard. Yeah, it's good and dandy right now, but if it goes sour, it's going to look real bad real quick. And and what do you think it's going to take for them to go sour? Like, do do you see a a trade coming in the in the future still, or do you think that um, Fletcher lets these guys kind of play it out a little bit, lets them fix it themselves, or do you think he's got his well, his mindset on the move? It's funny that you bring that up because Hextall was fired. Uh, for his inaction. And I don't think that just meant keeping Hackstall. He didn't make any trades. He didn't do anything to improve the team now between the penalty kill, the defense, and especially the goalie. He didn't even try, you know? And Fletcher's come in here and has done nothing, you know? Uh, the way they handled the firing of Hackstall was really, really bad. Yeah. They called up Carter Hart early like yeah this is great but it was early my fear is they're going to revert back you know this is like the high the first the, the original high they want to play for the guy because he's new it's not going to be new for like another game then he's going to be their goalie you know and it's kind of like if they revert back to how they used to play i hope they don't under a lot of, they got two new coaches in there uh penalty kills look better that's probably because of the goalie um Although they seem a little more aggressive, which has been my issue, is they just sit back and let them unload. Um, but if they like have a bad game and then they start to revert back, that could be bad. That could lead to like more blowout losses. So that's a fear of mine. I don't think they should not make some kind of move. There's a, there's not enough good players on this team, um, especially like on defense. You know, so. I'm really curious to see what they do. I, I already like that uh, the coach has put um, Gudis to McDonald together on the third pairing, and his his McDonald gets penalty kill time. And if he didn't, I feel like his he'd play like 14 minutes a game. What did you say? He played 18, 19 today. Yeah, he's not playing over 17, 18 the last two nights. That's more like it for how bad he is. And they, they like to say that he's – it's not really his play, which is really sad at this point. It's not really his play. It's his veteran like leadership presence. It's like at that point, make him a frigging coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, Dude, for $5 million a year, you better bring a little bit more than a veteran presence to the table, man. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Like there's a lot of people who can be vocal, but every person who – leader that was vocal – always could back it up. Otherwise, who would take them seriously? Exactly. I understand the people who are quiet and lead by example. That's fine. But if you're vocal and you suck, who would take you seriously? That makes I've played if you play competitive sports, I play competitive sports. I would never take anybody seriously like that. They're like, oh, you're trying, it's cute. You know, but really what do you know? You suck. Yeah. Like it, it's the truth. You would turn that guy right out. And it's funny that Hex, Hextall knows the second Hextall got fired that he is he's got he's probably going to be fired unless he turns it around quick and and, pre, and really makes a mark. So for, at least for them to consider letting him finish out the season, and instead of like trying some new things, he started to revert back to the old 
brain dead Hackstall who would lean on McDonald in key situations. And sure enough, we started getting blown out in games. And know what else he did? You bring Stolarz up. Shows a couple of flashes in the pan of actually being able to hang. Plays him like nine games in a row or something crazy like that. Mind you, he just come off a serious knee surgery where he re-injured it and had to have surgery again, like that bad. We thought we we wrote him off. Nobody saw Stolarz being a fan of, let alone a flyer this year. <laughs> he plays it. He drives him right into the ground like he always does. Just play him every single time till he's dead. And it's just he reverted back. He really lived and died by the hack stall that we I grew to loathe, and it proved it. And that's why he's out of here. You know, and it, sure enough, Scott Gordon comes in. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do with the goaltending situation yet. So far, he's had Carter Hart for both games, but he's already cut McDonald's playing time. More importantly, he's increased Sam Hines' playing time. And there is that initial, like, we just got a new coach and a new goaltender, so we're going to be playing harder and better, too. I want to see what happens when that wears off. That's what I'm curious for. You know I'm what? Not, I'm, not, I'm, gl- I'm glad they won. I'm glad they're playing well. I'm glad Carter Hart's look great, but I'm not. I'm, there's, I'm not like, oh, we're gonna win everything now, you know. I'm wondering if uh, probably Fletcher's the guy making these decisions, right? Calling Carter Hart up. Um, I think Holden has something to do with that one too. I wonder if if he knew that bringing in the uh, Phantoms coach, that the guys in front of the goalie, no matter who it was going to be, are going to be playing different. They're going to be playing harder. They're going to be playing for their jobs, type thing. So he figured now's the best time to bring up Carter Hart when these guys are actually going to get their get their stuff together at least for a couple games. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of bringing them up when they're getting their asses whooped with with Hackstall cuz it's going to be the same old story. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's another theory I heard as well. Uh and when the more I think about it, the more it makes a ton of sense. You know, and it it would have worked out. They call up Carter Hart and he, um, <laughs> they have this great start right, right before Christmas. Suddenly, those Santa sacks get sold. Those Carter <laughs> Hart jerseys are flying off the shelves. Yeah, I don't doubt any of that for a second, man. They've already been financially like that's the first time I can remember in my lifetime I've heard of Flyers having like not financial problems. They Comcast owns them. They can print money, just like their attendance. All the tickets are paid for, but the the visual attendance is down. Other uh, like I guess people aren't buying as many tickets and other whatever is you know. So it, it's it's a little interesting that they fire the GM, they fire the uh, coach, they bring up a rookie goaltender. Everybody can't wait to see right before Christmas. So there's that. Nah, that's ironic. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that for a second. Yeah. So that's one theory, but. I mean, where do you sit right now? Do you think they they just hold the course? Do you think they'll suddenly become a playoff team or they'll make it interesting? Or what do you think? Um, so with I mean, before the season started, we were we were pretty optimistic, right? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, we thought at the very least they were going to make the playoffs without question. Considering they had the same team as last year and added JVR. There was no question they should have made the playoffs. They should make the playoffs. So now they basically have the same team. They have a goalie, knock on wood somewhere, um, and they have a new coach. Um, Not to say that he's any better than Hackstall because, honestly, all I know about Scott Gordon is what I've read. Um, He he was uh, the coach of the Islanders for a couple years back in, like, 08. Um, In his first season, Mark Streit was the leading scorer on that team. Like, that's... That's how good that team was. Straight, huh? Yeah, like so. So that's how good that team was. I, you know, I, I looked at the roster the next couple of years. It, you know, not not too many notable names. Tavares, I think, was a rookie. Uh, one of those years. Um, I was going to say the year that Strite was the leader in points. They had to finish last and got Tavares, right? I, I assume. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't check the standings, but they had guys like like Jeff Tambellini and uh, Kyle Ocposo, a young Kyle Ocposo. Like guys like that, you remember the, that team? I'm a, a poster for sure, yeah. Uh, so then, anyway, long story short, he ended up coach. He ended up getting the Phantoms job in 2015, and uh, they were like a 500 team. 
The next season, they finished second in their division. Uh, and last year was his third year. They finished first for the first time in over a decade. And they made it to the conference semis. So each, each year, you saw improvement, which intrigued me a little bit. Um, so when I, when I see that, it means he's getting through to his players. Um, obviously, Hextall drafted pretty well and you know, was feeding him some decent guys. Um, you're seeing him now in Sanheim, obviously Carter Hart. He only, I mean, he only had Carter Hart for, for a couple games down there, like you know, a couple months worth of games. But uh, Sanheim's up. Uh, Verone's up now. I feel like there was more guys down with the Phantoms. Who else did he see down there? Did, I don't know. If he, up now. Did he coach Lawton for a little bit? Wasn't Lawton floating around? Probably, um, was Lawton here last year? I can't remember. I think, I, I want to say last year was his first full season. <clears throat> uh, yeah, right. I can't remember if that's this year or that was last year. But either way, if he was there for 15, he definitely saw him. And yeah, he was probably what, when they, the plan was to turn him into like a fourth line shutdown center. Excuse me. Uh, he was a part of that plan because he was their coach. And then you bring that up. Obviously, he's actually supposed to be good with the young guys. Um, one guy we could see brought up would be Felipe Myers. He has to be better than McDonald and Gudis at this point. Maybe even Hag. That's a little jump. But, you know, you could see that. Like, he's used to him. He put him in all situations in that, like, six-overtime game didn't he play like 70 minutes or something crazy? I mean, you know, probably not that many, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and it was just like he trusts that guy. That was his, that was his prover off with the fans. So wouldn't shock me at all. If Carter Hart could be brought up, Felipe Mars can definitely be brought up. And I'm not against it. No. He, uh, he, should be, he should already be here, in my opinion, but we got too many dumbasses blocking the way, McDonald's. <laughs> saying him, man. Still going to have to talk about him all next year, too. Jesus, but, man. Oh, my God. I don't know. It, it's it's funny. You know, one thing I heard about Hextall that I wanted to share, uh, when Hextall was originally looking into getting him, he um, obviously only knew about him because his son played there, and he was impressed for whatever odd reason. He actually wanted him to be the Phantoms coach. And apparently Hextall had no ambitions of becoming like a NHL head coach because he never – got into juniors or you know got into the ahl or was an assistant or whatever so hextall had to that's why he made so much money five years ten million dollars where uh joel quenville was making only 0.5 more a season and i don't even know if it was as many years or less or what now he's making six which still is one million dollars more and hextall's done nothing he had basically had to pay him a shitload of money to get him to leave his safe job with them to skip the AHL and go right to the NHL. So he got him to skip the AHL, and he overpaid the hell out of him too. And we're seeing that that was a really bad decision. And it's funny that people say – certain people, like Charlie O'Connor, who I really – he's also at BSH Radio and The Athletic that I really – I listen to what he says, very analytical – so like, I think uh, Hacksaw could be an average head coach, and I, I'm, I don't know why he said that. Like, yeah, maybe he he would have to prove it to me for he, me to even give him that chance at this point. Because, whoops, I guess I should turn my TV on. And everything just went dark. <laughs> right. um, you know, because like what I can't think. Let me, let's just go over it a little bit because I mean, you know, we've been ruining the you know waiting for this day. What what can you name me three things Hackstall did well? No, I'm I can't. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try to name one. <laughs> the big thing is he's good with the young guys, which turned out to be false because all the young guys regressed. Only Samheim played at all any good, and he barely played them. The I heard that even the rookies and the veterans didn't like when he would bench rookies for the tiniest mistakes. Um, then everybody says, "Well, he moved Drew to wing." When Hextall got fired, it came out that Hextall's that was Hextall who asked Drew to do that. <laughs> See, can't even give credit for that. So I just, he, I don't get. I just, why would anybody think he has any credentials to be an NHL coach? Like, I think he's going to go back to college and just take his all that money he made and be done with it. I can't see him trying to stick in the NHL. 
I, hope I don't think he, he has the guts to go to the AHL. I hope that he does come in and find his way with another team so this way we can whoop his ass every time we play him. Yeah, hopefully Pittsburgh picks him up. Jesus, they might too. I don't even know what they would make him. He would. He definitely wouldn't run the defense. He def, like Everything that you could run was bad in Philly. And he had a part of all of it. We had a bad defense. We had a bad power play. We had a bad penalty kill. So what would he run exactly? You know what I mean? He was Practice? the most, most boring coach I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, and the team, just, and the team started to play I like him. He was like a bottom three coach in the NHL because he didn't belong. He just flat out didn't belong. And that's I think that's why people went nuts to go from the worst to the best. With Quenville really got people going crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's gone. And it's just some of the stuff I hear – much like when we heard with Hextall when he got fired, all this stuff comes out. You know, with Hextall, it's just it's just kind of comical to me. I'm I'm glad the the witch is dead. You know, <laughs> what can I say? Don't you don't you feel like relieved, like that you don't have to watch that shit anymore? I'm relieved. I don't have to see his stupid face with his stupid answers to to the press. And his and his when I say stupid face, it's not like he has a hate the face. It's an emotionless face, and that's what bothered. Yeah. And it just it just it just reflects the team so well. It's like I used to get so mad, and I put this out on Twitter. Like this is not the team I grew up loving. Like they always fought. They were always good. We always were playing a hundred miles a minute, you know. And we get aggravated with them because they would like have struggle against a a, a team that wasn't as good as them but they would come through and they were always there in the playoffs you know they were constantly winning a playoff round wasn't a question making it was never a question and with him it's like keeping your head above water is like 50 50 and you never saw any improvement so many blowout games it's, it's just like this isn't the team i grew up watching this team is a joke i think if schneider ever met Hex- Hextall, he'd beat the piss out of him with his bare hands <laughs> Like he, I think he would. He'd be like, who, who let this IRA motherfucker into my bar? No. <laughs> like, seriously, like, he'd be like, really? Like, why? The second Quenville became available, he'd be like, all right, you're fired. I don't even care if we get Quenville or not. I'm taking the chance. You know, and I love that about Schneider. You know, I really did. And yeah. it's just, it's just to go from, to go from the here to here. And it's been since like 2013 and to stay there. For as long as we did, it's just like, ugh, like it just sucks. You became and apathetic. That light, you didn't see that light at the end of the tunnel until Hackstall was relieved. It's you know, true. And now I see a little dot. And you know? and the team, the team. I don't know if it's the cameraman like panning to different things during the games now, but they're showing players excited. Like you're seeing emotion. Um, did you see after the game today? They look like they just want a playoff game. Right? I know. Yeah. Well, it was. They know they beat a really a team that's flat out better than them in every facet of the game. And you know what? I'm I'm okay with them reacting like that because they earned it. Like they they played well. They beat a good team. Um, and they won a close game. They don't win close games. Dude, two I, to one. That's the second. What was the score last night? Three two or the other game? Three, three two. Yeah, three two. But see, you could argue with that game. It, Detroit's bad. Detroit sucks. Backup goaltender. Nothing to get excited about. This this was this team could be in the cup that they just beat, you so, know. And it's like, yeah, they were home, but home has been a struggle for them. They're better on the road. So I've been so throwing they, a stat out there. The, the, and uh, that's what I mean. They win a tight game, and remember, remember, they had a there was a two man advantage that they shut down. They, and then they pulled the. You had another two man advantage technically at the end of the game with that ridiculous no call on um, on Coots getting hit. I hope he's not seriously hurt. I mean, he didn't look at but for them not to call that and then to call that it was a trip but it looked like almost incidental like his stick was on the ice as they he went to like push off and it did hit his skate so you, I understand it being called but to not call that obvious scoot or a coots hit and then call that it's just absolutely mind boggling I think when everybody started chanting asshole at the ref <laughs> that was his way of getting back at them because he's just a Clueless, clueless mf'er. That was a joke. anyway. So you got the goalie pulled, man advantage, and they—they, they, I mean, yeah, that last shot hit off the post, but that was a mad scramble. And they, they, 
they pulled it out. Like this team a week ago, they get scored on three times before the end of the game. You know, two one, it ends uh four two, whoever we're playing. Not this team. So far, so good. So I'll take that for sure. So I've been tossing out a stat all year because the Flyers were they have to score four goals or more to win a game basically this year. Until they called up Carter Hart, they um, fired Dave Hackstall, they bring in Scott Gordon as interim interim coach. They win a game three to two, and they win a game against a good Predators team two to one. All of a sudden, all, they were one thirteen and two when scoring three goals or less all year. With the new coach, new goalie, all of a sudden they're two and zero when scoring three goals or less. Coincidence? Sad. I don't think so. I mean, I also think that's why the penalty kill is better is, is the goalie. You know, there's obviously a lot more that needs to work on. It wasn't just that, but it's shown already. And like you were saying earlier, like I, what I liked about Hart is he looks so poised. You know, he's not freaking out back there, you know, um, and especially for how this game, the, the, both games ended. The onslaught at the end where he gets peppered uh-huh. and you know you got all that, you're at home. It's your first NHL game, and then tonight your second. Got all that pressure on you, and he, even if he got scored on, he looked poised, you know, and it proved and it showed. I'm almost curious to see how he's going to be in overtime and even a shootout. Like I, I mean, I'm not praying for it, but that's another weakness of ours because all we got are weaknesses on this team. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting going forward. I just hope they don't derail his development because of the. Uh, desperation move it's great to see him play well but i still don't think they're, they're gonna do much this year i think they're too far back and then you got a shot at jack hughes you're gonna let that slip to just miss the playoffs just seems silly but i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and be um my overly you know jump on the bandwagon whatever you want to call it overly optimistic but i, I can, if they play like they're playing now if the, even if they lose games the way they're playing now, the way they played tonight, I'm okay with it. If like if they if they only somehow get points out of games like they played tonight, and they earn the point, I'm okay with it. If it's games where they're blowing leads and they only get a point, it, it's it's a totally different feeling. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But if they play like they're playing now and they can play consistent like this, I think they can make the playoffs. Um, maybe they make a move at the deadline, you know, that maybe they're buying at the deadline as opposed to selling, you know, who knows? Well, I get what you're saying and it, you know what it is. It's kind of, uh, is what I was saying earlier. Like it's that high from getting a new coach from bringing up the prize prospect. And it's not just the fans, it's the players and they're playing for it. That's going to wear off and then we'll really see what they're made of. Yeah, you're right. This is like the honeymoon phase still. Everybody exactly. loves him because he's not Hackstall. And, yeah, a move can be made, but if you move a piece like Simmons out, unless you're getting back some kind of stud, which isn't going to happen, that's going to affect your locker room. And this Apparently, this these players on this team, their morale is made of glass yeah, because you see how quickly they just – Get disinterested in the game. You know, that Winnipeg game, they lost seven to one. They were done playing at three to one. Yeah. You know? And you can't play Carter Hart every game too. So you're telling me your backup goalies are gonna suddenly Well Neuverth just needs to finish a game. Uh, yeah, he's been pulled in both games and then he can get hurt at any second. Since you're going so, down this path, I got a question for you. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying that we got the goal. If the backup goalies play how they have been, those are all losses for the most part. That's not going to help you get in the playoffs. But go ahead. So Brian Elliott, I think he's supposed to come back in. Uh, I think I heard January sometime. When he comes back, what happens with Hart? We'll have to see how he's playing up until then. If he were to come back tomorrow. I think there's a strong possibility he gets sent back to the Phantoms. I think I think, and I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, you got your feet wet, you look great, but you're still. We still don't think you're ready, you know. And uh, I, I don't think that would hurt his confidence. He did what he was supposed to do. He's proved it. We're gonna let you. Uh, we're gonna let you develop some more, and we're gonna start fresh next year. And then I think he could be 
if not starting goalie on the roster in a 1A, 1B situation where he's not the backup, but they split a lot of time. Right. Which would be great, you know. Because going into next year, Norivar's gone, no doubt. I think Loyan is going to stay in the AHL if he's not traded. Uh, Picard's gone, obviously. Uh, Elliot, I would assume, is gone. Now he's the oldest one, and now he's proven that he's injury-prone. And a lot of that's Haxall's fault for playing him 100,000 games. Um, so the, the, who's left? Stolarz? Like, unless they get a free agent guy or make a trade for, like, Quickspin talked about, you know, I think next year you're looking at Hart and Stolarz. I mean... Stoli's yeah. Stoli's proven that he might he may not be able to stay healthy. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because I I like his story. We all wrote him off. We did every single one of us wrote him off. Like where are we gonna put him? How are we gonna find space for him? Like we're gonna have to trade him. I think we should trade him see what we can get for him. Injuries happened. He stepped in and he didn't look like he he looked like he belonged. I don't know if he's a starter. He probably not. But he, he looked all right. You know, he, he made a couple of rookie mistakes. He's still young himself. But he, he can move pipe to pipe pretty fast, which is something I can't say about any of our goalies, you know, in the, in the last God knows how long. And he really looked active back there. Like he, you know, competitive. So if he's our backup and Hart's our starter, it's not ideal. But it, you could do a lot worse, like Elliot Neuberth, you know, so – and that's next year. So I just wish this year they just see what they got, evaluate, cut some dead weight, the tears off the books. McDonald, if you can move him for bag of pucks is the old saying, but really just I give them like a third round pick and McDonald for like a fourth. <laughs> like just lose the trade to get rid of him. He's just filling up a spot. Bring Myers up. Evaluate Myers. You're going to get Moran back in February. You're going to evaluate Moran. We haven't talked about him. Sam Moran's right around the corner, too. That's true. This, this year should be more about evaluating at this point. And you, and you don't want to ruin any anybody, stun anybody's growth. And you know what? Trade. You're going to have to trade Simmons. It is what it is. There's no point in keeping him. You're going to get burned on that contract. So get what you can. Get a prospect, man. I know Toronto wants him. You're not going to get a defenseman, but you could get a Casper Kapanen or whatever. Who gets so, traded first, Wayne Simmons or Jake Voracek? Simmons is going to be moved first simply because it's an expiring contract. Teams want him. There's no uh, contractual or salary obligation with him. It's easier to, to see what you have and then decide yourself. Well, do we want to keep him compared to uh, – and you're not paying him what Voracek would be making. Simmons isn't going to make 8.25 over what six eight years whatever we got yeah. you know Simmons is going to look more in the 6.75 to 7.25 range and, and the years will probably be five or six you know Simmons or vortex got how many years left like five six um a little bit more i think like seven or eight dude wow i don't i think eight's the max so i don't think it's eight but still like it's in, it's a lot and it's a, a ton of money too and like you were saying, that stat you were telling me before about explain it to me. It's basically war in baseball, but it's goals against something. Yeah, goals above goals replacement. Goal. It was goals against replacement. Yeah. Which, if you remember, I was saying, yeah, he ends the year with seventy-five points, but why don't we take away twenty-five of them based on the mistakes he makes, the bad cross-ice passes, or him getting pickpocketed, just other mistakes that he makes. He loses the puck a lot. He likes to carry it. He loses it a lot, and I already think he's a little bit of a compiler with some secondary assist stats. Yeah. So, so you're really like, if you really broke it down, he's not a 75 point player. He's like a 55 point player. You're paying him 8.2 million dollars over how many years? It's not a lot of value for Voracek right now. It's that's a it's a tough sell. It's a tough trade. So I don't know how you make that work. Apparently, they've been talking with the Blues. I like that because I like their defensemen. Jake Allen's name's been floated as well. I don't really like him at all, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's body. interesting to see what happens. I just think it's easier to trade Elliot, you know? Or Elliot Simmons, excuse me. Yeah, for sure. You think they could, uh, any chance 
somebody else goes before Simmons? No. I think Simmons is the obvious choice. Uh, I mean, they have JVR, they have Patrick, Lindblom, Konechny, Couturier, Giroux. I wonder if there's a chance. So I mean, I can't see Scotty Lawton getting traded, but uh, it's either like they have guys that they can't trade or they have guys that nobody wants. Like there's really no middle. Voracek, Simmons are the only guys... I can't imagine anybody wants Andy McDonald unless they find like a sucker like, hey, they need some veteran leadership. We'll even take on two point five million. We'll take on half of his salary if you take him off our roster. Um, and, and that would be a win, I think, if if Fletcher made a deal, just to get rid of Andy McDonald. Like two point five is is not as bad as, you know, I'll take two point five over five million any day, for only one year too. You know, for for a year and a half, sure, why not. Um, no, I totally agree. I wonder if you could package I, uh, him in because Simmons is Simmons is, I think he's making like three point seven five million, and so we're halfway through the year, so cut that in half, and the other team's only taking on around three point five four million in total, total salary for the rest of the season. Um, and I mean you're adding a, a veteran. All right, so you're adding a veteran defenseman in Andy McDonald for your little playoff run, and and you get Wayne Simmons. I think. All right, how about that? If you're going to move Simmons, you got to take Andy McDonald. That's fair. That's like the Carlson. If you're going to trade for Carlson, you got to take Bobby Ryan and his contract. Yeah, I mean, it's I only mean, for a year. It's not like it's for, like, you know, it's not an extended period of time. It would definitely devalue whatever the return was for for Simmons. Yeah, um, definitely. I, you know, another guy I can see being moved would be Gudis. I don't, I don't, I, I think we're just fine without him. That that grit element really is it's there, but it isn't. You know, he, he's wishy washy with it. Some games he'll pop out of nowhere, and it's like, oh snap! Simmons is or uh, Gudis mm-hmm. throwing f- punches here. Whoa! Other games, it's like did he even play because our guys are getting run over. Yeah, and, he, and he's not not good enough defensively. He's got almost no offensive game. I can see him being moved. Just a nice back of the road. I almost said rotation. Back top. Lower pairing defenseman for a team making a playoff run, a team that's stacked on offense that just needs to, maybe stacked all over, but needs a little depth, you know, like needs a third pair guy, you know, like just you know, at Buffalo if they make the playoffs, like something like that, I could see it happening. I mean, probably the return probably wouldn't even be that great. You get like a fourth round pick, maybe, you know, but hey, you make room for Felipe Myers. Mark Friedman's making some noise, you know. By free agency, like Strawman, that you want to go after, and you may make room for him. Like it's definitely doable. Like I could definitely, I could see it. Like I, I think they should do that. Like why not? No, I so, agree. Yeah, if they're not going to make a not, run, that's yeah. about it. Everybody else is so young. You don't want to move. You're not going to sign JBR to a five-year deal and then trade him. With, you know, a couple months into the deal, that nobody would want to sign here. You're not moving Drew. You're not going to move Patrick. Cause, Patrick Limbaugh, because the value is low anyway. You're not going to trade Konechny. You know, you already brought up Voracek, and we brought talked about Simmons. Wheel, maybe. Maybe Wheel, if he starts playing better, maybe starts taking less penalties. I, I don't think Lawton's worth trading because of how much he makes and what he does for the team. He's more valuable to us. Roffle could be moved because he's an expiring contract. I just think they like him too much. Yeah. Nobody's going to touch Leterre. No. Who's that leave? Weiss? Nobody's going to touch Weiss. No. Yeah, they're pretty much, I think this is, I, I can't see them making any like roster shattering blockbuster moves, to tell you the truth. And and if they play like they did tonight, I'm okay with that. Uh, what's frustrating is like with Voracek, we know he can be a, a good player. It's just this far into a, a career, I think if we're looking for consistency, it's, you know, it's just not who he is. He's not a consistent player. And that's what it is. He can he can look like a man possessed sometimes. Like there's no stopping Jake Voracek. And other times he looks like he's possessed by a man named Andrew McDonald, mm-hmm. where he just does nothing but makes mistakes. Uh, you know, it's it's unreal. Like his his decision making is piss poor. His zone entry is piss poor. It's passing. It's pick being pickpocketed. Like it's like who is this guy? You know, and I, this is from coming from somebody who his breakout year, I bought his jersey. 
And I don't buy a lot of jerseys. Voracek you know? or Andy yeah. McDonald? Definitely Voracek. <laughs> the only McDonald jersey I have is for the fast food place, and that's for you, Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, I just it's not. I don't think they need to go acquiring Jonathan Quick and trading somebody like Sandheim in the deal. Like, I don't think they need to do that. I think that'd be a mistake. You know, I think they need to cut some dead weight. Add some pieces in free agency. Like I think I would like Strawman. Maybe you can get a, another goaltender to go along with um, Carter Hart or Stolarz or a combination of that, and probably Carter Hart is from what we see. And I'm, I'm impressed, but you know, uh, just like a, a veteran backup, one who's not injury prone, by the way. Um, something like that. Like I, I don't think they need to change the core of the team i don't think that's you've already wasted enough of drew's prime i don't think to continuously do it is the way to go and the nhl you know the game trade is not going to happen you're not going to trade four check and three first round picks for austin matthews <laughs> you know it's not or a, a defenseman it's just it's not it, it will not happen it's too much financial commitment so did you trade for Austin Matthews in uh, your NHL? I, I, that trade I gave you is exactly what I did. So <laughs> I had looking, a feeling. You're looking. It's, it's uh, NHL 18, not the new one. If you trade Voracek and three first-round picks, it will get you Austin Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> they just pull that one out of my ass. It's been done. That's fair. So. That's fair. I wonder if I can offer that to you in the Dynasty League. I definitely wouldn't want Voracek, I'll tell you that. For three first-round picks seem intriguing, but I'd be hoping to get a player like Austin Matthews, so it seems kind of um, redundant yeah. for me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could we could start. I'm, I got an echo on my side. You got an echo? Not that I know. It seems okay. All right, so we're at 47 minutes. Our max time can be 60 on here. You want to wrap up? Yeah, I don't think we should go too crazy. Uh, before we go, do you ever think of a – since we're all on the topic of trades, do you uh, think of a trade scenario? I know posting them on Twitter has been a little rough because uh, some uh, closed-minded people tend to just freak out and not you know think things through. People get crazy on there. You know, I've been on like uh, – I joined a couple groups on uh, Facebook, and, and people are like really uh, in love with Ghost um, and – I gotta admit, like, he looks like a different player um, in the last game or so. Um, he's actually shooting from the blue line again. He's he's looking to get the open shot. Uh, guys are setting him up, kind of thing. Whereas his confidence was down. He wasn't shooting as much because he was just missing the net. He just couldn't hit the net, and you could tell he was really gripping his stick and slashing players. He was getting really frustrated and. I hope that changes with the regime, the regime change and the new goaltender, because he's the one of the reasons he's everybody's favorite player is because he's really exciting to watch, like yeah, especially offensively, like just like. So I was throwing out a couple scenarios, uh, with Ghost included. I, I think I had a trade with Ghost and Voracek, uh, going to St. Louis for Pareko and uh, I think it was Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but I, people were going crazy because Ghost was involved in the deal. And I'm like, why is, why is Shane Gostisbehere untouchable? Like, And he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be because his defense isn't good enough. He's just exciting to watch. And his ascension to the NHL was, was, it was really great. Um, but to get something, you got to give something. Right. And Pareko is like... He's less flashy, but he's the Blues version of a, a def, young defenseman. Dude, he's six you know? foot six. Yeah, and he and he has got you know uh, Pronger written all over him. Not yeah. that, that kind of player exists anymore. So you're gonna have to give up something pretty significant to get him. Like it's just that's just common sense. Could you imagine Pareko and Moran on the same team? If Moran was any good, that'd be great. It'd be like the Twin Towers, man. <laughs> 
I didn't mean anything bad by that. It's just uh, <laughs> I didn't even think. I, you know, I thought of uh, David Robinson and Tim Duncan when you said that. Lord of the Rings reference. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> I mean people were flipping out about that that trade scenario, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I think the Flyers would have to give a little bit more in that trade, um, to be honest with you, because uh, I think Pareko is an all-around better defenseman than Ghost. That's not to say that he's better offensively. Um, but I think he can contribute offensively, but he's just better all around. Um, well, not only that, I think uh, Ryan O'Reilly fills a need better than Voracek. I think he, I think he makes a little bit less money, just more years. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's something um, like that. The only thing is that Voracek has an O'Reilly. Voracek's a better teammate than O'Reilly. Heard a lot of stories about O'Reilly being. It, I just find it odd. O'Reilly is the one player playing well in St. Louis, but the whole team is playing bad. Yeah. And then you hear how bad he is in the, with the locker room. It's a little shady. Somebody else but, was telling uh, me about that. And then what, wasn't he an assistant captain in Buffalo? And I can't remember exactly, but was he a captain in Colorado or an assistant? I no, know he was definitely assistant. I'm pretty sure has been the captain in uh, Colorado. And then before him, like Stadsny or something like that. I don't think he was ever the captain. Well, if he was ever an assistant captain in Buffalo, it's because they traded for him. And he was the guy. Yeah. Like, they didn't have, like, if they had Eichel, he was like a brand new rookie. They they traded Pominville, who was their longtime captain, to um, Minnesota. So they, you know, they really didn't have a whole lot of leadership there. They were completely rebuilding, and they were thought they were going to start with Ryan O'Reilly. As soon as he got there, he had this really bad interaction with the police at a bar. Like, hmm. he would, like, never played a game for Buffalo, and he already had this, like, real bad, you know. So, uh as much as I love to have another center, like a really good center, I'd rather like throw all my money at Duchesne or something like that. I, I, personally, I like Mark Stone as well. Not a center, but still. Like, he's a, he's an underrated like, player, Mark Stone. Yeah, oh yeah, he's gonna get paid though. Yeah, he's definitely gonna get paid. I don't even think it's worth talking about Panarin. He's gonna get like ten mil, and I I know he's good. I don't think he's worth ten mil. I could see you him know? playing for the Rangers, and I hate it, but. I, yeah, with the Islanders, some, but he's going to New York, some big market for sure. Not that we're not big, but I don't want to pay that much. No. So let me see. I, I hear you yawning over there. We're at about we're at about fifty three minutes. We can wrap this up now if you want. Yeah, I like talking trade. I can't help myself. No, I think I can talk trade all night. We could do just a separate pod. We could do a separate podcast just for trades. I, I I I would definitely do that, but if you give me too many of them, I tend to punch holes in everything, and I don't want to I don't want to bring you down. <laughs> you don't want to burst all my balloons, huh? If you if you do all this hard work and you get me like ten trades and I just shoot all of them down, you know, whose idea was this? I'll come up with some trades for you. It's not like I have a life or anything. I'll come up with some for the next one. There's definitely some rumors flying, but nothing's going to happen because of the trade freeze. So you know, the players got until uh. At least Christmas. Yeah. Well, I think that's cool that the NHL does that, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's let's wrap this boy up then. Well, all I can say is Carter Hart, great win tonight. Looks good so far, which is the most you can ask for. You know, it would be even worse if they brought him up early and he got annihilated. So he looks poised. He looks like he belongs. He's Still got a long way to go and a lot to fix, but it's a nice start with a new coach and a new goalie for sure. Uh, by the way, we tied our second longest winning streak of the season with the win tonight. Oh, two games? Two games. <laughs> you know, wow, what, our, you know what our longest is? I think it's three. So one, <laughs> one more. <laughs> We're really doing big things. What can I say? Yeah. All right. So we'll put a bow on this one. Thanks for hanging out, guys. You, uh, you were listening to FHW Radio. Uh, that's Jack. You can find him on Twitter, Flyers Yak. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jim underscore FHW. Uh, drop us some comments, some uh, ask us some questions. Be more than happy to discuss them uh, on the air. So we're gonna sign off. I'll see you, Jack. Peace out. All right, cool. Oh wait, I forgot to stop it on here too.